0: This is the Gospel Revolution.
1: Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. I know that all the wild been knocking from within. You are the love you see, A perfect love you need, right?
0: Here's the founder and president of the Gospel Revolution, Michael Lilborn
2: Williams. Happy New Year, Daniel Thomas Rouse.
0: And a Happy New Year to you and all those across the world.
2: 2024, and we want more. I don't know of <laughs> what, but <laughs> <laughs> seems like with what we're going to be going into today, all you, if you want more, all you got to do is ask for it, right?
0: All you got to do is ask. Mm-hmm. Well, we're here in 2024, but we also want to welcome our audience in 2077.
2: Mm, wow, 2077. So Daniel will be 90 years old and I will be dead and gone. <laughs> <laughs> you you look uh, just a little bit taken aback by that question. So <laughs> It's like, oh, do I tell him or do I not tell him? <laughs> he ain't going to be here.
0: In the day and age of AI, you never know what might I, happen.
2: I might Maybe be AI and around. I just might be <laughs> AI and around. You just never know. So so yeah, so now what we have to do is get one of those filter apps and uh take a nice picture of you and uh forward it to uh twenty seventy-seven and see whether or not you want to live that long <laughs> or not. <laughs> Jeez.
0: Again, we live in a wonderful world of technology. Oh, Maybe that'll Lord. change
2: too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least it could lie to us, you know. I mean, yeah, we're used to being lied to, so why can't AI <laughs> lie to us? And show a swab debonair 90-year-old. Oh, well. Oh, well. So, 2023, uh, uh, you are separate from you and I from thee. And... um yeah, this is uh, this is really shaping up. I've I opened my year by um uh, my bench press which I I was uh for the last 2 years I have about a year and a half ago I think I was able to get back in the gym and get started after mono between there and and covid and then the next covid. But um my, uh, I think uh, some of them re- uh, folks remember that I actually bench pressed the first time just a uh, little over two years ago. Whenever that was, anyway, I had bench pressed uh, 340 pounds, which I just never ever dreamed of doing that. And I did that like for my 68th birthday or something like that. And uh, so it felt really good. I had the guys to videotape it because I was not going to believe them if they told me I actually did it properly. I had to see it for myself. And lo and behold, I, I did it. So from there, I've been going steadily down from there. <laughs> I've been doing a reverse uh, training session until where that uh, even uh, I, gosh, I hadn't even benched 200 pounds in the last year and uh in fact well under that probably 175 at the most and uh, and dropping <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but he oh gosh well since Ethan's been here it's been very helpful because I have a training partner I'm just addicted to that I would I would suggest if you can have a training partner that's great if you can get by without one stay that way because once you've had a truly good training partner you just feel like you're accomplishing nothing at the gym. I mean, mm. nothing. Uh, I've I've already destroyed Ethan's whole life in that <laughs> respect <laughs> because he knows what it's like to have a really good, in tune, there, present in the moment, uh, wanting to help you training partner. I was talking about me, yes, and uh, because I am a good training partner, I'm a, and I'm a good trainer. And, uh, but he, there was one day that for whatever reason I couldn't go in, didn't go in. And, uh, he said he was going to just, you know, uh, push through and go anyway. And he went through and he said, man, I just felt like I should not even have been there. He said, I don't think I accomplished
1: anything, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's the way it feels when you're used to doing it, uh, two by two as God intended, Right. Uh, yep. That's how they got on the arc. I hope we don't start working out seven by seven because there were those <laughs> two, right? Yep. So, uh, and here Daniel and I are doing the easier lift together. Boy, did you like how I worked that all the way around? That was very nice.
0: <laughs> Let's do this lift today, Daniel. <laughs> well, uh, we have uh, started a new um, segment, segment. uh Uh, where we are honoring the Hebrew scriptures. Yes. And uh, would you honor the Hebrew scriptures with us today as we read, as we turn in our Bibles to read? Uh, unless you've been (laughs) delivered for those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Michael, you did a video on this one here a few weeks ago now, um, and this was Paul uh, at the end of his ministry, if you will, uh, when he had his – little apartment in Rome, yeah, and of course he was forced to be there, but he still had the privilege of having people come and go. and uh, what was happening on all of this coming mm-hmm. and going at the uh, height of the gospel? We read in acts chapter twenty eight verse twenty three. So when they had appointed him a day, mm-hmm. many came to him at his lodging, to whom he explained and solemnly testified. Of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning until evening. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, this whole uh, scenery
2: from uh, Rome, uh, the uh, things that developed there soon after I was uh, in Rome in 2022. And uh, my goodness, uh, how many times my mind. Just kind of wandered to uh, Rome during uh, Paul's time there. I was in a rented apartment, and uh, that's as far as we could take the comparison. <laughs> uh, the comparison as far as my trip there and Paul's there. I was not under house arrest. the The reality that Paul was in uh, Peter's territory, if you will. And I was right outside the wall of the Vatican. I mean, I, I I could have stood, this is quite literally, with a good throwing arm, and maybe not so good throwing arm. I could have stood out on my balcony and thrown a ball over the Vatican wall. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, this was a very interesting uh, place to stay. I was right on the street that they dug out and had actually had it as a tunnel street, I think, uh, it was, it was called locally because that was a place where that uh, uh, ancients ago, they dug a tunnel all the way to the sea down what became that road, uh, underneath that road, uh, for the Pope to be able to escape if the, the Vatican was under attack. So mm. just a lot of history. I'm very conscious of history and Uh, placing myself there. I was in Rome. Uh, All of this stuff, we've learned about what Catholicism did and where they took the gospel. Uh, After the first 300 years, it settled in that Catholicism won the day. And uh, that's where the translations then began to be canonized and uh, the translations were being made. And uh, as much as Protestants love the New Testament, and people don't want to let go of the uh, canonization of the New Testament, nor the uh, uh, the translations of the New Testament. Uh, and they are so anti-Catholic, they have no clue they have a Catholic Bible. Mm-hmm. And the only thing the Protestants did is leave out the book of Maccabees. I, I'm not even sure. that the, I can't remember, goodness gracious. But anyway, there's some differences between the two. But the fact that Paul was in Peter's territory Peter is the one who established this church in Rome. And according to the Catholics, that church is still there. Uh, the one that I would have thrown the ball over the wall to would have been uh, the very same church, according to the Catholicism, that, um, uh, that was uh, started by Peter. And this letter to the church at Rome Uh, was written uh, deliberately. It kind of gives you a little pause when uh, uh, Paul talks about not building on another man's work or, you know, staying out of other people's business. And then then he writes this letter that is so controversial that we had to take the controversy out of it and make it not say what it said. Uh, It was so unbelievably controversial. First off, Paul starts out talking about homosexuals and how that that is against uh, uh, nature and uh, that that's, you know, it's just not, you know, a woman with a woman and a man with a man. Everybody knows that that's not the normal way things are done, if you will. Uh, And then he snuck right on into chapter, the later part of chapter two and said, oh, yes. And what about circumcision? Which one of those is Hmm. normal? And uh, is it circumcision or is it uncircumcision? Uh-oh, the Jews <laughs> went, I think we've been had. We just got tricked yeah. into no longer being able to condemn the homosexual people of this community. And uh, then he uses the same trick on the Gentiles and it addresses their doctrine. Paul, th- this letter must be understood. This is Paul addressing the Christian doctrines that finally won the day. But Paul tried his best to dismantle them. And so where do you go to try to dismantle Christianity and what became Catholicism other than to the very church started by the very man who was a part of what was called the concision and mm. uh, which Paul called dogs and evil workers. Uh, that his words, not mine. Now, we have never called the aforementioned uh, dogs or evil workers. We've just never done that. But, uh, you know, when you start uh, getting on to us for pointing out the differences in doctrines, you're going to have to You talk about throwing away the Hebrew scriptures. You're going to have to throw away the New Testament Uh, and all of Paul's writings, uh, because this is filled with controversy. It is not a side subject. So I know that's a lot of buildup for this, but that's where we're going to uh, eventually wind up unless Daniel takes us there. Now, I, I'm just uh, on, on these shows. I'm, I'm just a rider in the backseat. And uh, <laughs> Daniel's got the whip for me and he's got the steering uh, of this ship and he takes it forward and he keeps me in my place. So that's what his job is. So I
0: don't know where we're going, Daniel. What are you going to do As we look at the validity of the holy scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, we've looked at several references here about Paul. This is all he taught, all that Paul taught. And I love what you said last week about how Paul had this amazing experience, whatever that experience was uh, with Jesus, with the gospel or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever this life transformation that he went through, though he had that, that wasn't his Mm -hmm. preaching. (laughs) that wasn't what he taught. He didn't go everywhere saying, well, I had this wonderful experience and yada, yada, yada. What he went and did instead is he did exactly what Jesus did, is he went back to the Hebrew scriptures and they went through it uh, one verse at a time. They went through it one allegory at a time. They went through it one story at a time. And um, I don't know how many times we have to say this to really get to the point of how valid and how precise the Hebrew scriptures are. It's a beautiful thing.
2: Uh, Yeah, you know, what Paul had would have been called a personal encounter. And yet, even when he did relate his story, especially to King Agrippa, he told about what happened that got him to the three years in the desert. But I just can't find any place where he said, now this is what happened while I was there. This is, this is. And the only thing we can derived from that is what he learned while he was there. Uh, mm-hmm. And he came from there teaching those things, but he didn't come out saying, you know, I spent three years with him. You need to be listening to me. However, the disciples did do that. And pastors to this day are doing that <laughs> and they are today. I had a personal experience. So you need to listen to me. How many friends I've had that have uh, been to heaven, uh, then back, and spent specified amount of time there and uh uh you know uh had personal encounters with jesus and and uh uh sofas that kind of swallow you up and uh you know, and these little fuzz balls that were rolling around and opening their mouth and going whoop, and that you know just Lord mercy. It's like, I, I would just like to know what you took because I would enjoy that trip too. So <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, I don't mean to come across cynical, but when it comes, I, I will never, ever challenge your personal encounter, but I will never, mm-hmm. ever live my life based on your personal encounter.
0: And I'm sure, Michael, you're probably like me. You probably have some stories like that, too. I have stories. I was thinking about uh, just
2: yesterday, uh, some of the things that uh, took place. Good Lord, if I were to line them up and tell the stories. And uh, just like my uh, visit to Norway when I was called on to testify in the very first trial on the face of planet Earth. Uh, that whether or not a gay rights law would stand or not. And, uh, shamefully, I was a part of that law being, uh, stricken from the, uh, books in, um, Norway for the entire country. Uh, just imagine that. Uh, uh, I, I was, uh, I was a voice who testified in a trial that was being broadcast around the planet. Of course, it was more, uh, newspaper print. And uh, my face was on the front page newspapers, great big old almost five by seven picture, you know, of uh, me and Hazel and uh, freed from homosexuality. You know, you, you think that, that I haven't been there, folks, and experienced and had personal experience. And from that experience, I could tell you how that uh, uh, after that experience, um, uh, one of the churches that I spoke in was firebombed. And uh, how that that firebombing uh, resulted in the uh, building that was joined hard to the back end of the church is I think the church was like a thousand years old or something. You know, uh, very strange experience when you go into Europe and th- go into buildings that are three times older than our country. And <laughs> uh, but anyway, the the firebombing uh, did some damage to the church, but minor compared to that the door was open to the upstairs gay bar that was joined hard on the back and that the uh, flames from that firebombing went, uh, was uh, the stairway acted as a chimney and pulled those flames straight upstairs and completely destroyed the gay bar. And uh, this was supposed to be affirmation, confirmation. And uh, then the guy who was the pastor's uh, attorney was a known alcoholic, and he was the only one he could get to take the case because he was kind of a showboat alcoholic, has been. And then the mm-hmm. next day, after the newspapers across Europe said, Freed from homosexuality. And uh, the next day, it had his mug on the front page saying, Freed from alcoholism. And him declaring <laughs> to the whole world he had been delivered from alcoholism because of my testimony. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Uh, So do we have the stories? That's just one in the big city, folks. Uh, But there is nothing of all of these. Of all of these, I have no desire to validate or to invalidate anything based on a personal experience. And uh, yes, goodness gracious, I uh, and the opportunities that were open to me and the doors that were effectually open to me uh, in uh, doing what I was doing and just the, uh, it would seem supernatural. But, you know, when you begin to take into consideration the people around you who are trying to make those things happen, who want those things to happen, who need those things to happen, Uh, It's very easy to, it's like praying about everything. You're eventually going to get it right, you know, on something. Yeah. But uh, so uh, this personal encounter, Paul did not rely on this personal encounter. And uh, he may have internally relied on it very much, but he didn't use it to validate his teaching. He just didn't do it.
0: I would like to put a plug in here for Ethan. Uh, Ethan has uh, started a uh, YouTube series, uh, which you want to check out. If you search Encounter the Hebrew Scriptures on YouTube, uh, you will find Ethan's videos um, at the time of recording. He's got three done so far, and uh, he is going through um, the Hebrew Scriptures and showing how these stories and uh, examples and allegories point to Christ. And uh, Michael, I've learned so much in the three videos that he's done. Um, I'm just amazed. I know.
2: And and guys, uh, please be kind. Just just put a little like there next to it. Do you do you realize where this young man has come from, and uh, the thing that has been accomplished in his life, and is being accomplished in his life? Uh, The fact that he is on a video that he knows people are going to be watching. Uh, panic attacks would have never allowed him to do that. It just would not have. Mm. And um, so, this is a you're, – you're getting to watch a beautiful work in prog- process. The power of it is just phenomenal. So, what we do take is the, the – the, uh, and you will hear it is this detailed um, concept of what actually happened to the cross being drugged back through the book of Genesis. And he's just picking up incredible stones and diamonds and pearls as he goes and saying, look at this, look at this, look mm-hmm. at this. And, uh, I mean, he really has put his, uh, efforts into it. So, uh, you know, um, uh, our, uh, one of our, um, GRs that's been with us for, uh, more than 40 years, uh, Ethan, Ethan read your post and uh, it was just so encouraging to him. And we really appreciated Elizabeth. Thank you for doing that. And, uh, you know, Elizabeth's story was uh, goodness gracious. To talk about stories, uh, uh, these things that we've come through and uh, suffered through. And this, uh, this uh, dear lady has been a friend of mine for about 40 years, I guess. I, I don't know. And I, re- Remember, she was the one that we've shared with you many times. Her husband died a few years ago and, uh, Meredith was his name and, um, they uh, they had a daughter that was married, and they were in members of the Word of Faith Church there in Washington State. And uh won't tell you the whole story, but after sticking with Word of Faith doctrine to the denial of the Meredith not even coming home when Elizabeth said, you need to be here and couldn't say our daughter is dying because then she would have been rebuked at the time by her husband. And I won't listen to the devil and all the stuff we went through, Daniel. And then she had to call and tell him their daughter, their daughter was dead while he was out on the road. My goodness. And then just a few, a uh, couple of weeks after, uh, maybe in a month or two, but the pastor came up and informed them that because of their faith failure, that they would need to not come back to the church because it would infect uh, everybody there. Uh, about mm-hmm. two years later, that pastor and his wife died in an airplane crash uh so, so you know, I could tell you, see, no, 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 God got him, uh but uh folks we uh, we like everybody else, could build a doctrine around experiences. We could prove yeah. to you that God is on our side uh that uh, yeah. that god uh, God took out the couple that uh embarrassed and humiliated and went against the gospel, and uh he got him in a plane crash. And uh, man, I tell you, I, I talked to a pastor on the phone uh, down in Alabama. This has been 25, 30 years ago. And uh, I had spoken in uh, the uh, I had I had mold, I had a file cabinet drawer full of invitations and um, the I'd gone to her town. I think she was a little bit miffed at me because I didn't accept her invitation over the other one and her name was uh, Pastor Mickey. She had uh, a- after I'd been there and I taught uh, and the pastor I really felt that I should go back. I told the pastor I'll come back anytime cuz the people were so responsive to the gospel and he never called me back. So I thought, well, I've got this letter from Pastor Mickey, so I'm going to call her and so I called and she answered the phone and I said, hi, uh, this is Michael Williams. Is this Pastor Mickey? She said, yes, it is. And I said, well, I appreciate you taking my call. I just, I have an invitation here from you and I just wanted to know if uh, that invitation still stands. And she said, yes, that's me. And yes, I sent the invitation and no, it does not still stand. And she Mm -hmm. ripped into me about, she was a graduate of your alma mater. (laughs) 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 and uh she ripped into me and how dare you brother hagan this and how dare you that and call those things that be not as though they were and i was healed under kenneth hagan's ministry and i was blah, blah 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 about a week and a half later norval calls me and he says mike he says you know a pastor down in alabama named pastor mickey and I, I said, I oh, he asked if I spoke for her. And I was gra- grateful that I was able to say, oh, no, I don't know. No, no. I never spoke for Pastor Mickey because I hadn't. <laughs> and he said, you, he said, well, he said, did you hear what happened to her? He said, here just about a little over a week ago, he said, she just dropped dead. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, oh, what? So really? I looked up the obituary and the best that I could tell sometime during that uh, day. Uh, Pastor Mickey dropped dead after sometime after talking to me. So uh, do I have stories? Could I affirm things by these encounters and let you know you better not disagree with me uh, <laughs> I can tell you about the head of the full gospel businessman in Indianapolis, Indiana, who spoke against me. And then uh, soon after was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Uh, you want to go there? We can go there. Uh, But whatever story you got, uh, my encounters, I bet I have one to top you. But we are sold on the Hebrew scriptures, folks. And uh, and, no, I didn't intend to leave a little fear in you there about uh, speaking up against me. But, you know, you might want to tread lightly.
0: No wonder why nobody leaves
1: comments. (laughs) 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 It's like,
2: (laughs) this is at our peril here that we respond. (laughs) Uh, So... We're either going to get cancer, die in a plane crash, or drop dead. One of the three. You know? uh, so anyway, uh, but but just that little interlude. Please forgive me for the uh, in depthness of it. Uh, uh, it was uh, probably unnecessary for those of you that have heard those stories before. But you've got to understand, we did not come ne- neither I nor Daniel. And Daniel could do- go down his list. We did not come out of. Uh, the ability to impose our spirit, our personal encounters into our doctrine, mm-hmm. we have chosen not to do that. Yeah, and uh, we'll let them say whatever they say. We'll let uh, our experiences. I'm talking about, and uh, but they have nothing to do. They may have absolutely nothing to do with the Hebrew Scriptures. In fact, mostly they likely they do not, and they have nothing to do with the gospel. Because there's a gospel of peace and God's Mm -hmm. not killing people in airplane crashes. And, and God's not causing people to drop dead because they disagreed with Mike Williams. Uh, It's just, this is not a part uh, of this. So what do we do? We stick with what is called the law and the prophets as Jesus did, as Paul did. And uh, there we shall stay. Uh, Unless you can show us something Show us something that says that even this method is flawed. If it's flawed, we want nothing to do with it. But we're not going to accept that it's flawed based on your personal encounter that you had somewhere.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But we can trust in the Hebrew scriptures. And uh, as Ethan has been sharing, as Michael's been sharing, as I've been sharing, and all other GRs have been uh, diving into the Hebrew scriptures Mm -hmm. uh, up to this point, we haven't been failed yet. Uh, No. We haven't been led astray. And uh, the thing that gets stronger is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the the nature of the gospel. And we just see more Mm -hmm. fractals of the gospel over and over and over again.
2: And if you are offended by Christ, if you're offended by the blood, if you're offended by virgin birth, if you're offended by creation, you will be offended by the gospel revolution.
1: I got the gospel in me. I got
0: the gospel in me. I got the gospel in me. Gospel in me. Yeah. Well, Michael, moving along into our um, next. Teaching and command of Christ. Um, we have one. Uh, my goodness, I think I might say this every week that we have founded our faith upon. I know I did as a young man. Um, and that is to eat, ask, to seek, and to knock. Yeah, uh, It comes from Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and everyone that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened.
2: So this is in the list of the this uh, organization's uh, teachings and commandments of Christ, correct?
0: Yep, this is correct. I think we're at uh, number 16 uh, wow. on, on the list. And uh, we are working from a list on a website, uh, which we will uh, reveal in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. This is an organization that builds their ministry on following the commandments and teachings of christ and uh, we have been working from their list and what we've been doing michael um we didn't know how we're gonna do it when we set off to do it but this seemed to be our pattern that we found is we've been going to each of these commands and teachings and comparing it to what the hebrew scriptures say what we find uh as commands in the law yes and um Coincidentally, we have found parables um, mm-hmm. in almost every single one of these uh, that teaches um, the fulfillment or a future right. fulfillment of it uh, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And some of them we've been able to see that
2: they are possibly in uh, more proverb in nature. Yeah, uh, then they are anything of teachings from the Hebrew scriptures or the commandments of Christ. It's just observations uh, that this is the way things uh, uh, work and then challenging. But he always uses that proverb to then compare it to the actual gospel itself and to the eventual, the upcoming, you have to understand that all of these teachings and commandments gave, Jesus gave, was in view of the upcoming work of the cross, where everything changed. Please Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Everything changed at the cross. All of our aforementioned will assure you that nothing changed at the cross yeah so you've got to decide which path you go down go down on this. so uh this uh, we teach that everything changed at the cross. Everything and everybody mm. uh, changed at the cross. And uh, that is what the Hebrew scriptures foretold. that's what the law of Moses foretold, that is what Christ foretold, that is what Paul taught. So I think we're on pretty firm ground. To be able to follow uh, the, the more mystic or the we just follow the teaching of Jesus crowd, uh, you're going to have to abandon the uh, the Hebrew scriptures, and you're going to have to abandon the cross. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing? People that say they follow the teachings of Jesus are more likely to be of those that abandon the work of the
0: cross and its importance. My goodness. My goodness. Wow. So, Michael, I wanted to ask you, have you ever asked God to do anything for you? And if you did, did he do it every single time? I did, and every time he answered. Every every
1: time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the response you're going to get. Mm. Uh, now that's when they begin to back out the door because you're going to start asking for specifics and they're going to give you the dog legs and uh, the well abs and ifs, buts, and maybes. And well, it yeah. wasn't what I needed at the time. God knows what I needed. And I didn't really need that. I needed this experience. And, and, uh, but you you yourself are dismissing, seek, ask, knock, find. And uh, so, what we need to do, Daniel, is let this speak for itself. Yeah, uh, and compare that. Let it compare itself. We don't need to compare anything. We need to let it compare itself to the Hebrew Scriptures. And how do we view this after the cross? I found it interesting when we were we first began to uh, look at this. It suddenly took note in me. That when Jesus said, "I'll do anything you ask," that it was before the cross. Now, mm-hmm. why would Jesus say, "I will do whatever you ask"? Uh, well, I mean, if he was a good uh, a good Jewish person and teaching to Jewish people, seek, ask, knock was built into their social structure. Yeah, and uh, even if somebody wanted to li- to move into your house with you. You couldn't say no. Mm -hmm. You had to respond to that knock at the door. You had to open the door and you had to offer them food and you had to offer them
0: a bed. And even as we looked at that a few weeks ago, that was even for your enemies. If your enemies asked you for your cloak, you give them Uh, too. Yes. So Jesus even followed up
2: with that. As uh, as a part of that. And, and now, why would that have been? I think if you've listened, especially uh, listened to uh, Ethan's uh, teachings, is because the promise went out to Abraham before he was circumcised. Mm. So, the promise was to the whole world. Right. Uh, if, if a male was born on this planet, you were born uncircumcised. You know, I just I hate to inform you that nobody was born circumcised. So that's why the promise went out to Abraham before he was circumcised so that it would be sealed that the promise was that the promise was given. It was sealed to Israel through circumcision, but it didn't take the promise away from the whole world. Yeah. So uh, there's a whole lot in there and uh, still much more to be unpacked and to be understood about that. The understanding that. All of this was always supposed to have been, and not supposed to have been, it always was to every human on the earth. The Jews were chosen to play this out on a failure by failure basis. Show me one place where he congratulated the Jews. Wow, Mm -hmm. now on this point and this point you did okay, but on that one, you failed. He said they were miserably uh, failing everything they didn't even know what the law and the prophets had to say. And, and he also went into detail. Uh, if you go and look at the disciples, he also had nothing to say about the good about them. And uh, constantly critiqued their understanding, uh, everything about them. And he, he said, they just didn't have any. You don't, you don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have it. Why did Israel fail? And why did the disciples not have it? They weren't supposed to have it. Mm. Uh, It had to be, it had to be disqualified. Israel had to be disqualified so that the qualification of the promise that was given before circumcision could go out and be confirmed through the circumcision of Christ himself for the whole world. And therefore, the promise was sealed to the whole world through the death, burial and resurrection of of, uh, Jesus Christ. Circumcision produces blood. Uh, you know, sorry about that. Uh, but also did the crucifixion produce blood? And part of the reason it produced blood is because it was part of the circle. He became our circumcision.
0: Hmm. Good preaching.
2: Yeah. How about that? I learned that from a 22 year old. (laughs)
0: So, uh, yeah, if we're honest about it, anybody who has asked yeah. for anything, um, they didn't get whatever they, I, I mean, I spent, no. my goodness, I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, Rhema here a few minutes ago, and I just think about at Rhema, um, w- which is a funny thing, too, because it showed how much people believe this, because we used to teach about how you need to spend this time in prayer, you know, talk about mm-hmm. experiences, and encounters, Kenneth Hagin always used yeah. to talk about praying hours and hours. And um, I used to go to the Ramah sanctuary at about uh, seven o'clock in the morning, uh, every morning before school started at eight 30 and try to get in at least an hour of prayer. Mm. And, you know, it's funny, Michael, I was there for two years and I practiced this. I won't say every day, but uh, pretty close to every day where i went into the sanctuary to pray. And out of all of those times that I have been there, Michael, to have another person that was there was very, very rare. Yeah. Here you have thousands of people that are coming in to, to be preachers and to live this lifestyle yeah. of asking, seeking, and knocking. And in the prayer service, uh, most of the time it was just me there. <laughs> yeah. And, but to get back to that, you know, the hours and hours that I spent praying and asking and seeking and knocking, um, Michael, it, it came to no avail. It it came to nothing. Well,
2: yes, and of course, I was being uh, facetious in my answer, but that is the way that all Christians will answer you. Yes, every time, every time he has never disappointed me. (laughs) Not one single time has he ever not answered my prayers Mm -hmm. until you get down to the nitty gritty of that. And uh, it goes south pretty quickly. Uh, Self-delusion is a very strong thing. Uh, if you're upset at the question that has been asked, you should question the things you believe. Mm. Let me say that once again. If you're upset about the questions you're asked, you should question the things that you believe. Uh, So if you don't like being asked about what you believe and what you teach, uh, and that's offensive to you, then most likely the problem is not with the question. Most likely the problem is with your persuasions because you are insecure in your position and therefore you get upset when you're questioned about your unsubstantiated position. Mm -hmm. I do not know of one single thing that we teach about the gospel that I cannot stand behind 100%. Uh, and uh, uh, without adding any personal experience into it whatsoever. Uh, so many people that stand on this position about God having never been angry or uh, about uh, the work of the cross is, well, I just I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, here's the bottom line for me, Mike. I just cannot believe in a God who was ever angry. Well, then you have an offense at the scriptures. You have an offense. Uh, until you can drop the offense, you're never going to be able to learn. Ask yourself, is it possible that God was angry instead of drawing the line based on your emotional response to an angry God? Ask yourself if it was possible. Well, it's it, it's greatly possible because the entire uh, uh, Hebrew scriptures are full of it. And no matter how people go in and try to misalign what has been said, uh, it's uh, it's there. Uh, Goodness, we went through one time uh, to see how far we'd have to go through what Isaiah or somebody, and see uh, how far we could go without talking about God being angry. We could, we never, we never went a page. Yeah, it was on every page in whatever book we examined. Uh, and if it's Isaiah, goodness that's 60 something uh 60 something uh chapters and even more pages because some of them are actually short chapters. So yeah, it's it's a difficult uh question. Uh we we understand that we are going to be bumping into some emotional attachments to some experiences that you've had. And uh, and it's and, and but you'll never have us to if you if you called in, if we had a call in program like we used to and you said that you had this happen, you, we would not get off of the air and then question that you had that experience. Now, what we would do is go to the scriptures to see if that experience can be validated. Is there anything about that experience that would disagree with the scriptures? Because uh, we're not going to disagree with you about your personal experiences. If Paul did not depend on his personal encounter for three years to tout the reasons we should have listened to him, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Mm. You know, I, yeah. uh, I've never had a personal encounter like what Paul had. And uh, as I've stated to you, I've had some pretty amazing experiences. And, uh, but they do not guide. They do not direct. And I don't have to decide whether it was God or not God. I don't have to make that decision.
0: It was simply an experience. So another question along this line, if what we have asked, what we have sought for and what we have knocked, um, we didn't get it. Um, did Jesus, when Jesus mm. asked the father for something, did he get it? Well, uh,
2: we find that that is the crux of uh, all answered prayer is uh, Jesus. We do know that these prayers were answered. Uh, Father, I pray that they might be one, even as we are one. And uh, another prayer, which we'll cover here in a bit, probably, is Jesus asking the Father to give them the Holy Ghost. So uh, now we do have... uh, Uh, people asking for the Holy Ghost. Uh, But then we have Jesus asking the Father to give us the Comforter uh, in response to his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, the Father did that. Uh, We were all given the Spirit. So I do know somebody that all his prayers were answered, And Mm -hmm. I know people who claim that their prayers were answered. I always claimed it. You always did. And we even stood up and we preached that if you ask for it, it will be done. Every time I turn the TV on, just to remind myself that this stuff is out there, that's what they say every time, Mm -hmm. every time these absolute assurances. And uh, without a doubt, you can go look into their family, their family lives, their health. That's why you don't hear about the health of the pastor. Yeah, Uh, because uh, those things had to be kept secret. How many of these guys in this word of faith movement had uh, secret surgeries and all of this Mm -hmm. crazy stuff, trying to keep their reputation as faith pastors from being known? Mm -hmm. Uh, Goodness gracious, my mentor, uh, Norval Hayes and his daughter. And uh, uh, died with cancer, and and uh, Norval Hayes was the big. All you got to do is talk to the cancer. And I watched my sister. Arizona uh, was like my sister in that relationship with Norval. We were very close. And then to watch her wither away with cancer while standing there, uh, you know, in her weakened voice, and getting up the courage to go to the church. She was the pastor of the church. I would have never dreamed that would have ever happened. But uh, nor, uh, but she did become the pastor of the church because that's where, how you keep the money in the family. Uh, just to be real direct with you about it, uh, that's how you keep the position in. The, is, is you appoint family to do it always, and I just don't know where that's found in any type of scripture, New Testament or old. That uh, 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 that we have somebody who did it, and that was Peter who uh, took the authority James. over the... I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, we do know that James took that position. You sounded just like Don Barber. <laughs> <laughs> I channeled that.
1: <laughs> James. Yeah.
2: Okay, okay. <laughs> so... Uh, uh but yes, James
0: uh <laughs> did do it. Well and here I was gonna edit it out and make it all look pretty <laughs> like it even happened, but now I'm leaving it in. <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh yeah, no, it's more uh more priceless to leave it in than take it out. <laughs> um we, we get to acknowledge uh Don once again. So um and now I forgot what I was talking about.
0: <laughs> nepotism, James.
2: Oh, yeah. So James, well the whole thing is like, geez, that's what I was talking about. So we do see nepotism there at least had to be involved in some way because James was not called uh, by God to be an apostle, uh, a disciple, uh, a, a anything. There's mm-hmm. no record. He just shows up as taking over. And uh, there's nobody that's going to be able to show you any reason for that except the lineage of Jesus, uh, according to the flesh, uh, would have meant that James was supposed to take over because that's who was supposed to take over in the lineage of Jewish uh, uh, Jewishness uh, was, that, was through that route. But that's not the way things are today. And Mm -hmm. so, you've got James usurping the authority, and folks, we've been doing it ever since, you know? So, it's crazy.
0: I wanted to circle back here about the asking for the Holy Spirit, um, but I want to read this um, command, if you will, out of uh, Luke's version. Uh, This is Luke Mm -hmm. 11, and starting in verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be open. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among us, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a frish, fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish?
2: It's fish, not frish. Frish. <laughs> Thanks, Don. <laughs>
0: This is going to be a great show. (laughs) (laughs) Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him?
2: Now, isn't that amazing? So he went through all of that asking and getting and everything and zeroed down what is asked of the father to one simple subject. Mm. It wasn't everything. It was the spirit. Yeah. And uh, so with that template in place, we now know, and even in uh, uh, Matthew chapter seven, where these commandments are with these folks, uh, we have to keep that in mind as we go down through here. Jesus was making reference to the commandments that were in the Jewish community right he he wasn't just saying if you ask me anything I'm the spiritual one which he was don't get me wrong I'm not discrediting that but uh he, but but see that was according to Jewish law mm, right that if you ask uh, give and even if it's an enemy you've got to give to them what they ask and if they ask you for this give them that much more and we went through that one also but I I was amazed when we began to look at this. I'm so uh, happy that we are looking at these a little closer because some of these I'd never resolved. You know, we know the gospel in its basic context. So we've just passed over some of this stuff as irrelevant. And it's not irrelevant. It's where people are getting snagged really badly. Uh, Well, it says, it says, it says, it says, if you ask and if you, you know, which one of you? which one of you Jewish people, you know, you, you, know how to give good things to your children and that, and you, you do know, see, these were things they were familiar with. Seek, ask, knock was not some new prescription for a Jewish person. Mm. This is not about what Jesus was going to do after his resurrection. And bam, that needs to be very important in our thoughts as we go through the rest of this, Daniel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Jesus talks about this. and We have a version of it here in uh, John as well. Uh, Jesus said, and whatever you ask in my name, this is John 14, 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in mm. my name, I will do it. Mm-hmm. If you love me keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever that is mm-hmm. the spirit of truth. Well now
2: isn't that amazing they they did not meet the qualifications mm-hmm. for his prayer to work but yep. it worked anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's just so amazing how Jesus had this artful way of just peeling away every part where man thought they had a part in his work uh, of his death, burial, and resurrection. He gave the requirements as to what they'd have to do to be able to partake in it, and then made sure they couldn't do it, and then made sure he went ahead and did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and Michael, that reminds me of the many times that we have gone through Romans chapter 10. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that the whole thing is that you, you need to ask God, you need to seek God. You need to yes. uh, confess God with your mouth. This asking, seeking, knocking, I think in, in Christianity is no better described than oh what is described in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. That's that that's the crux of all of the asking and all of the seeking and all the knocking. All right. So now we're
2: down to the teachings of Paul about this. Mm. And now we're going to find out by the teachings of Paul that Paul quotes the Hebrew scriptures to address this ask, seek, knock. Please oh, how pay attention. Dare he? <laughs> I know. Uh, that personal experience, he does not know how important that is. Please understand that Paul's teaching here in Romans, he started out unraveling, 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 teaching and unraveling, teaching and unraveling, teaching and unraveling, teaching and unraveling. Teaching and unraveling, teaching and unraveling, teaching and unraveling. Maybe we'll put that on a loop and let you hear it. <laughs> but uh, the, um, that is what Paul did, is that he taught on this subject also. Mm. And uh, he addressed the Jews. And obviously, these folks were stuck on the teachings of Jesus also. Yeah. and Jesus even uh, quoted uh, what was being taught and quoted from the Hebrew scriptures what in fact, what does it say there in uh, Romans chapter ten?
0: Of course, the part that I was referencing is um uh, it starts in verse eight uh, this is the word of faith which we preached and Don uh, showed us that in the Greek uh, it doesn't say we preached it's the yeah. word of faith that was preached
2: that is yeah is being preached at the time,
0: yeah. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation.
2: And Paul went into this, this belief that leads to righteousness. See, Jesus superseded the belief that leads to righteousness. Yeah. That's called imputed righteousness. Mm. And uh, listen to uh, Ethan again. Yeah. That is not the righteousness that that you have. You did not believe unto righteousness. And this is what Paul is shooting down. Why? Because Paul taught that righteousness was not imputed through belief as it was to Abraham, but instead through his seed, which was the faith of Christ, that retroactively then took the promise to the whole world, which is where the promise was given was to Abraham while he was yet uncircumcised. The faith of Christ was not applied until the cross, which covered everybody, not just the Jews. That's for our Israel only folks there for a little bit. Mm. Uh, Guys. uh, Yes, it did include the whole world. And yes, he did single out Israel, but he singled them out for failure, not for, to uh, bring all the promises to them. The term promises is never used in the plural. It is singular. Every time we looked at it, Daniel, it was always singular and stayed very focused on the subject of righteousness. Yeah. So with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. That's what's being taught. Yeah, And with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. That's what's being taught. Mm-hmm. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth in him shall Your picture's covering it up. On him shall not be ashamed. uh, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. For the same Lord, uh, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. So he's leveled the playing field here by quoting the scriptures, Jew or Gentile, and then says, uh, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then comes his very powerful contradictions to that thesis. Mm -hmm. That thesis has been established, and uh, and then Paul is contradicting that thesis. How then shall they call on him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them. So somebody's got to preach all this if they're going to get saved yeah uh but they have not all obeyed they've not uh, all obeyed the gospel for isaiah said uh how shall they uh who hath believed our report so do you see this beautiful construct of thesis antithesis and synthesis that's going on here and uh so the 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 thesis is believing for imputed righteousness as opposed to and how that takes place. So he's established a thesis, he's established the antithesis and uh and uh the uh, and and the antithesis, and now he's synthesizing this together. And uh uh but they have not all obeyed the gospel, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, now if there's any place that I would change a period to a question, it is here. Uh, Knowing Paul's disposition, the statements being made, this is a question, this is not a statement. Uh, But I say unto you, have they not all heard? Yes, verily, I say they did all hear, and the sound went out into all of the earth, and their words unto the end of the oikomeni, and that is the word world, oikomeni. I don't mind teaching this again, 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 because it's very, very priceless that we understand it and uh so he comes down and says that all of the word that, that uh Christ spoke uh uh went out into all the world and uh there they're sound and uh, Daniel as we were going through this we noticed something about this whole thing about who was doing the preaching
0: yeah so that was the the word there uh is the the greek word autos, which fits into the context it can be translated as there or it can be translated as his or him any
2: pronoun can be used based on the context
0: exactly Mm -hmm. so then we have to ask the question whose sound went out um and and to you mentioned oikomene is to realize that this is talking about a specific area yes uh, a specific geographical location and it is specific to the ministry where Jesus and his mm-hmm. disciples walked and they shared. And um, I think that what is being said here is that his sound, Christ went out and he preached this message to the ends of the earth, to mm-hmm. the ends of the Oikomani, to the yes. ends of in all of this known uh, Roman empire, if you will, yes. he taught this gospel. Yeah. And even though he taught it, we know they didn't believe it.
2: Nobody believed it, as was prescribed. Yes. Uh, but then he says, but Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found. Uh, listen to this. So, uh, but I say, did not Israel know? This is verse 19. Um, uh, First, Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy. Do you see the synthesizing that he's doing between what is being taught and what is truth? Mm. And he says, uh, th- so here's something that you have to consider in this resolution that you have about believing for righteousness, because that's not what Paul taught. Uh, Paul compared believing for righteous to, uh, righteousness to being made righteous by the work of the cross. And so Paul is using that, that determined uh, position that he has to challenge this believing for righteousness. Folks, I tell you, we've been hamstrung by believing for righteousness because Abraham did, now we got to do it. Well, everybody had to do it up until Christ, but mm-hmm. Christ is where all believing was uh, uh, was fulfilled in the body of one man. And the faith of Christ did not hand us the certificate that says, here, you have righteousness We were turned into righteousness Yeah, because had we had only a certificate of righteousness, then we would have still been in Adam's position, which, you know, some people are really hung up about trying to restore Adam. And we told you last week that Adam was destroyed. He wasn't restored, doesn't need to be restored. He was completely destroyed as a seed upon this earth. Every seed that has been born since uh, Jesus rose from the dead has been of the seed of God. And that seed is righteousness, not sin. Nobody's been born in sin since the resurrection. And uh, there's a whole lot of good news in there that, that honestly, if you had to pay for it, it would be priceless. Mm. Uh Uh, but you can't attempt to pay for it if you want to (laughs) (laughs) make things easier around here. Uh, But I say, did not Israel know Uh, for Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. So what happened was God uh, then included uh, the Gentiles because who did the promise go out to Mm. the promise went to the whole world. Uh, because the promise was made before Abraham was circumcised. And that was to protect the seed, which was Christ, that would bring us into this fullness. Uh, And then Isaiah is very bold
0: and saith, what he saith, Daniel? I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did Mm. not ask for me. Hmm. So we have this in, uh, incredible insight
2: into mm-hmm. Seek, Ask, Knock. Yeah. As a now a teaching. Seek, Ask, Knock is also a te- uh, Seek, Ask, Knock was a predisposition for the Jewish people and how to act toward their neighbors.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. So when Jesus said Seek, Ask, Knock, he was not establishing something for himself or setting him up as the only one that you would seek and ask or knock from. He was saying, I'm going to keep the law. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a Jewish man. And uh, this is what you should be doing too. This this is what the law requires of us. If anybody asks anything, and, uh, and, and of course, this was from Jewish family to Jewish family. And then we saw where Jesus upped the ante on that, that it's even if it's your enemy that does. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is not an after the cross instruction about how to pray. Please let Mm -hmm. that sink in. This is not, as you have been told all of your Christian life, this is not the structure of a powerful prayer life. Wow. It's nothing about prayer in here. Come on. The, it's about one prayer and that is the prayer that Jesus made uh <clears throat> the uh, the ability to know the difference between being able to give bread instead of, it you know it's what do, what do they need well what they needed was righteousness
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh the only one who could give that was God himself yeah and god did give us that righteousness he didn't just give us a stamp ticket to get on train uh and and go around with our uh Uh, our, you know, here's, here's your card, you know, Uh, here's your sign. Was that the comedian? You know, here's your sign. Uh, We didn't get a, here's your sign. We got a, we're it. You're the thing folks. And, and we could stay on here from daylight till dark, just like Paul did and never get tired of telling you this over and over and dismantling everything that is misperceived you see when you were taught about seek ask knock you were misled into thinking that is about a well structured prayer life after the resurrection of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. that is a lie
1: Yeah it mm. don't work Yeah and he gave us the good gift the yes. gift of righteousness
0: and the gift of his spirit without us asking Without us seeking mm-hmm. and without us knocking
2: so what's the what's the job now? if there's a job, it is learning how to embrace the fact that you are the righteousness of God in the earth, yes, indeed, possibly even having to embrace that you are the manifestation of God in the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, where else is he? Where mm-hmm. else is he folks? Where else is he we've We've got him confined to mosque and to uh mausoleums and uh I mean that's all St Peter's Basilica is is a big old mausoleum and uh goodness uh, we we have god confined to a cracker we've confined him to to grape juice and wine but look in the mirror uh yeah you are uh, christ only has one body and mm-hmm. you're you're part of it how how do you separate that from the head If you are the body and he is the head, what are you? You're part of the manifestation of God in the earth. Mm. How can it be uh, done any other way unless you dismember the body of Christ? And uh, which a lot of people do and put themselves as the head of the church as uh, James did. And James was not the head of the church and neither was Peter. Uh, The only one who was the head of the church is, according to Paul's teaching, was Christ, of which you are the body. Mm. Uh, You can undo that, unravel it, unravel it any way you want to, but it all comes out with the very same answer at the end. And, uh, man, I tell you, if you, oh, man, I, you know, I remember getting that uh, message from uh, Lisa uh, the first time that she heard something. Along these lines, and she talked about how this sadness came over her when she realized that, that what she had been leaning on wasn't true. But then she said that just immediately behind it came this, this confidence and this strength that came into her. Uh, folks, let that process continue in you. We have no, wh- what are we going to gain by telling you these things? I mean, we're not even telling you things that would cause you to give. I've already taken away the sting of disagreeing with uh, uh, Michael Williams. Jesus, I gave away my secret uh, potion here. And um, uh, the, the, did those things happen? They happened, but they do not have any reflection upon the gospel, which is taught and understood by the Hebrew Scriptures through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and then synthesized and organized as what is called the gospel today. You have to think a little bit. Mm. You do have to think a little bit about these things. Instead of letting somebody, just because somebody got up and said, seek, ask, and knock, this is how you carry out a good prayer life. Well, you have to resolve that Jesus said that before his death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah. Number one. So who did he say it as? I just don't see any way he was saying this as any man different than any other man who was a Jewish
0: man at the time. This is what we do. I looked up the word knock and just to see where the other places in the New Testament that's used. And of course, there's a popular one in the revelation. And Mm -hmm. I will say ahead of time that this is in the pseudographical part, the part that we have identified as pseudographical. And this is in uh, the letters to the seven churches. And if you want more information on that, look at our last conference. We go, uh, two conferences ago, we go through the book, uh, we go through the Revelation, and we explain why these seven letters were pseudographical. Um, But he says this, he says in uh, Revelation 3 and verse 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Mm -hmm. If anyone hears my voice and Mm -hmm. opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him, and he with me.
2: And that we indeed uh, uh, identified that as, I read the verse before it, Daniel.
0: As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent.
2: Oh, good Lord. Uh, so, who's he talking about? So, number one, if that verse was taken in context, it is not to unbelievers. Hmm. It is to people who've already declared themselves to be a part of the church and whose Jesus is disqualifying <laughs> <laughs> uh, by everything that you say and do uh, according to these letters to the churches. But these were not letters to uh, the uh, unsaved. These were letters to the church. So yeah. who's he knocking on the door of? Mm-mm. Uh if it were valid, but uh, the, none of this is, is, uh, in the realm of validity. We, I'm telling you, seek ask knock has paralyzed us from knowing who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, that's exactly what I feel about it. You know, Ton used to stop me and say, Michael, why don't you tell us how you really feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> So I just heard Don again, and um, uh, he said, "Michael, why don't you just tell us what, how you really feel about it?" You say, "Well, see, there they go around listening to dead. I know what somebody's going to do with that. <laughs> uh, I mentioned my mother and and uh, uh, updating my mother on." uh current events as a way to just kind of keep her alive in my memory i explain you know i explain tapes to her i explain <laughs> i explained the internet to her and he says yeah well that's all this doctrine's coming from a man who talked to his dead mama <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That was another jerk that Don uh, uh, Don Bartlett knew, actually, down in Alabama. I won't call the jerk by name, but uh, jerk was also one of Don's. Don must be really channeling because we're picking up on a whole lot of his things. <laughs> now, folks, we don't believe in that crap at all. It's, it's a shame that we had to say that out loud, but we have been so sold on so many things. We have to make sure that you understand when we are actually just making fun or poking fun, and if we're making fun of somebody, we're making fun of ourselves more than each, than anybody else, but we will look at what you are teaching and take it to task as Paul did. I will not have any apologies for uh, studying the scriptures the way we were told to study them by Jesus as led by the Holy Ghost, the great teacher, as demonstrated by the Apostle Paul. I have no apologies for you. Well, and well, I apologize if that if that offended, you No, sorry. I just, you know, you just, the the important thing is that you not be offended by that. It's not that that we stop offending you by saying it. The important thing is what Jesus said. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. Folks, we absolutely adhere to everything that Jesus was, Jesus said, and Jesus did, and we see that synthesized and brought to life through the teachings of Paul, because Paul taught both. He taught the the, the law and the prophets, and he taught the cross and how they enter. Uh, they were interlaced together. They are one thing.
1: Mm.
0: So asking, seeking. Knocking, as you said, it is not a post-cross experience as to asking, seeking, or your prayer life.
2: It's not a prayer life formula. No. Thanks for playing.
0: Mm. (laughs) So what we see here in conclusion is we see a couple different aspects about it. Number one, Jesus was speaking to Jews. And this would have been something they would have been familiar with about uh, asking if someone asks you for something, if someone seeks you if someone comes at your door at 12 a.m. in the morning, Mm -hmm. then knocking and asking and seeking for something, you give it to them. Uh, It's do unto others as you want them to do unto you. That's the principle that was at work here. Uh, But we also see that out of that, if we're going to make it personal, let's examine that. Have you asked? Have you sought? Have you knocked? And have you got the answers? And if we're honest about it, you know, and, and, there's going to be a time where you've asked and you've gotten it because you've asked about everything. <laughs> There's going to be a time that you sought it and you got it because you sought after everything, so yeah, it, it's bound to happen at some point if you mm-hmm. Michael said if you prayed about everything, something's bound to come to pass, yeah, and so it's bound to happen, but that doesn't mean that it's a principle that's applicable and that works, yeah, uh, you just got lucky on that one
2: well, you know i I quit uh years ago. Uh, probably totally quit all of that at least 10 years ago, I would say that's about five years before Daniel uh, came along. Uh, uh, Maybe uh, four years before Daniel came along that all of that stopped. And I can tell you, I experienced zero difference in what is good or difficult in fact, I can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt, life is way less mentally and emotionally difficult than it was when I was depending on these things being true for me. So, uh, but good things happening. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you, you ought to see what we upgraded to for almost no cost. Uh, I can tell you what a miracle this place is. Uh, it is absolutely amazing uh that we have been able to do these upgrades and uh uh, uh because uh i mean this is uh, this is all we could do but i could easily tell you that this was a, a divine miracle because for no money more we got a third more place uh functionally uh location wise uh i i was uh, uh, three and a half miles from Publix. Now I'm one mile from Publix. <laughs> that Hallelujah. means that means you're blessed of God. I'm telling you.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and see, that's just how precious the Lord is. I mean, He knows I love Publix. So I mean, He He moved me for th- He moved me three point eight miles from Publix, and then it's like, oh my gosh, it's just. <laughs> then he moved me one mile from Publix. (laughs) How how do you explain that? Come on. How do you explain that?
0: (laughs) I think I threw up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: folks, you know, whatever you can take out of this, take it. Don't throw the gospel away because of our antics or because of our Uh, pushing the envelope as far as we can to dislodge things that just don't work for your life. Finding peace. I'm still trying to figure out why I don't worry, but I think all of these false expectations is what creates worry. You know, uh, to me, (laughs) the type of prayer I used to do was based on worry. It was what I was worried about. Mhm you know and uh and then you call somebody else to worry with you know? <laughs> and oh my did you hear did you hear oh my mm-hmm. god well we better call everybody bra- no what you mean is we better call everybody and gossip uh oh i'm just being way too mean
0: today so we better <laughs> So, uh, Michael, I think that we found on this is that, number one, Jesus was talking um, about a law. He was talking about following the law and keeping the law, of asking, seeking, knocking, someone mm-hmm. coming and asking and seeking something from you or knocking. Not about you asking for anything, although that's been mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. if you ask anything. Uh, but we say to you, has that worked for anybody yeah. other than Jesus? Because Jesus is the one he asked, and when he asked, he got his prayers answered.
2: And even Jesus narrowed that down to what specifically they were asking for. Yeah. It's what the father knows that you need Mm -hmm. was how the father was going to uh, respond. And what the father knew we all needed was righteousness. Yeah. And acquired, asked for, and uh, stamped, sealed, and delivered uh, righteousness to the entire planet. Now think on these things. Uh, and see how life evolves for you from this point forward. I, I mean, s- uh, some of our GRs, I mean, uh, all of us still play around the edges of some of these things that were drilled into us throughout all of this. And, you know, I'll tell you what I'm going to do with this. I'm going to take it to heart and I'm going to think on these things mm-hmm. uh, because I never realized that Jesus was simply quoting What all Jews would have expected of him. Mm -hmm. Now, none of them were probably doing it, but he said, "If you come to me, I'll give you what you want." Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, gosh, if you need a bed, I'll give you a bed. If you need food, I'll give you food. Uh, If you ask for uh, uh, bread, I'm not going to give you a snake. I mean, you know, uh, uh, what's wrong with this? It's uh, this is such a beautiful picture that Jesus drew out of the law and the and the prophets about where the Jews had been for uh, more than a couple thousand years. yeah. Seek, act, ask, knock had been in place for many hundreds
0: of years. And now the thing that's been in place for 2,000 years is you mm-hmm. got it, even though you didn't ask for it, even though you didn't seek it, and even though you didn't knock for it.
2: You got it. Yeah, baby, you got it. <laughs> yeah uh we we really really i tell you what i think of some of you guys out there and i think and i hear your messages i do listen i see even though there's very few uh, posts and uh but i know that many of you just don't feel that you need to do that and we're very uh happy that you feel that much strength on your own um uh, you might want to make some uh, posts and comments for other people to be encouraged. Though uh, goodness gracious, um, it's it really is such a powerful tool that just simply is not being used. And uh, Daniel could tell you all day long how that just a click or a like or a comment could help not just somebody else, but uh, just with the whole process of this, where these platforms are concerned, that's how they function. So take advantage of that. I mean, that's almost like tithing. You know, you can go ahead. <laughs> if you kind of feel bound to tithing, tie the comment, you know, uh, that's not going to be too hard. But, um, you know, my, in my mind, uh, you're there. All, all of the time. I just, I am so amazed that I get to be a part of this. I, I am just amazed that you guys listen. I am just blown away that this 54 years of effort into this has done way more. I remember when I decided uh, 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 probably 30 years ago, the one thing that I wanted before I died was to see grace at least on the table as a topic in the Christian mm. world. I have seen the promised land. That if that is the promised land, I've seen it because they're all attempting to. They can no longer can ignore the subject anymore. And we can trace uh, so much of that uh, back to the very first of the gospel revolution when we first began to declare the grace of God as it was prescribed by Paul in the best that we could. And it has evolved since that time because you can't see if you're, you know, if you're buried in mud up over your head, uh, just seeing anything at all is would be bordering on miraculous for us. Uh, but we do care and we do joke. We, uh, we do all this stuff. I'd do anything to get your attention, uh, <laughs> not because I need your attention, but because the gospel needs your attention. For your own sake, give it the attention it deserves.
0: And so it is. We must leave you, family and friends. If you'd like to know anything about the Gospel Revolution, then call our office on 832-318-9339. And speak to us about how you want to participate. Or go to www.gospelrevolution.com and hit the Connect link. You can find us on your favorite social media network, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please be sure to hit that subscribe, share, and like button on whatever platform you are listening. Now it's good night and happy new year from Daniel Rouse in the frozen tundra.
2: So here we go. Uh, 2024. We are off and running. I I don't know uh, how many people we helped and how many we made mad, but we put our best effort into it. That's for sure. Uh, Again, our goal is to break through. And sometimes, folks, I remember what it was like to break these shackles of these false perceptions. And you've just gone through one that is major. Major, this is the first time uh, on this planet that seek, ask, and knock has probably ever been put in its proper understanding and place before the cross, and it had been established uh, hundreds of years before then, uh, and then to see it in its understanding after the completion of the work of the cross. Uh, The prayer was answered. You are the righteousness of God.
0: We sure hope that you enjoyed today's power cast. And remember, we'll be here to do the same thing all over again next week, only better.
1: Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. I know that all the wild love's been knocking from within. You are the flower you see. A perfect you need, right? All alone, staring at the unknown, and it's worth beating the odds to find. We are one, we are love, we are. Knowing you gotta be nothing to complete. It's not a thing that you need. You're the love. Just remember to breathe and take a second off Look, I'm just trying to remind you That you're perfectly divine
2: deconstructing religion and barbecuing the sacred cows of Christianity before your very eyes, you are listening to The
1: Gospel Revolution